Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Elizabeth Siegel to talk about the song, Dr. Evil. that forcefully elizabeth hey guess you weren't meant to be evil yeah i'm just i'm a good widow boy (laughs) how you doing i am great how are you not too bad how's the weather there in uh nebraska in in lincoln the city named after the they might be giants album that's the one yeah um well Eh, there was only about like two inches of snow today, but it's all gone now. Oh, really? So. Wow. We're just yeah. we're just getting colder. We had a bunch the other day, and now we've got kind of sleet and stuff. I don't know. Might have a school yeah. delay tomorrow. We shall see. But yeah, it's kind of yucky out right now. Good. You know what? Good for you. You should have a school delay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though uh, we've already used up our built-in snow days, so if we have any more snow days, they tack them on to the end of the year. That is hashtag Midwest life. Yeah. I, uh, well, especially rural Midwest. When I taught Mm -hmm. my first two years in Chicago, we didn't have a single snow day. But uh, they're more prepared with plows Mm -hmm. and everything was more compact. So, like, there wasn't as much bussing and stuff like that. They're like, yeah. "Uh, The kids can trudge through the snow. But here, yes. We got people living on, like, fucking gravel roads and shit. Can't Mm -hmm. plow that. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Oh, and it's evil, I guess. It it really is. Snow is evil. (laughs) I don't know. I like a good snow, Uh, especially with a kid. You know, it's more fun. Yeah. Snow's for kids. Yeah. Yeah. You take your kitty out in the snow? (laughs) God, no. The cat would flip out. Is it an indoor cat? 
Oh, yeah, she was made for quarantine. <laughs> she hates going anywhere. Oh. Like, this is the dream for her. What's Kitty's name again? Her name's Edie. Edie. Oh, cute. Cute. Mm-hmm. So, people have uh, heard a little bit of you and your thoughts on the Epigines on the Patreon special. They might be emo. And I just had uh, Tara Trait on a couple weeks ago, as of us talking, that hasn't aired yet. But she was just on a couple weeks ago talking about Push Back the Hands. And now I got you on, and it's it's like uh, reuniting with the old uh, scene crew. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Tara's like the the queen of emo. Um, She's the most emo person I've ever ever (laughs) met, Um, which is, you know, a good thing. A good thing. But so... I did, so let's pretend we're going into the future and this is released. Is it is it 311 day? Is amber <laughs> the color of everyone's energy today? I just want to know real quick. It is 311 day. Now I'm, I'm definitely set on having to release it on that day. Now that, uh, yeah. It's in the episode. Sorry. Yeah. No, it, it should be where it's at. I mean, I don't see yeah. why not. Yeah. I was never a 311 fan. I don't know. Well... 311 kind of connects to they might be giants for me oh yeah so if we want to talk a little bit about my relationship with they might be giants yes let's talk about your fandom since this is your first proper weekly episode so uh okay hit me so i like i think many people who were children in the 90s kind of found out about they might be giants through malcolm in the middle so you're a little bit younger than me yeah yeah, I am almost 31. Um, so mm-hmm. um, so my first They Might Be Giants album was also my first um, my first bootleg album. Kind of, I mean, kind of. It was my first time kind of pirating music. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was Dial-A-Song. Mm. So... So the connection to 311 there is that, you know, I was 12 years old when Dial-A-Song came out. Um, uh, the compilation, yeah. Yeah. Malcolm in the Middle had been out for a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't have a job. I was a babysitter. I don't know if you would feel comfortable leaving Zinnia with a 12-year-old. Um, but, <laughs> but I have to be pretty desperate. Yeah. But people weren't like that back then. So my feeling was that the best way to get a good bang for my buck on, you know, music, because I was making $10 an hour, was to buy compilations. Sure. Yeah. You know. That's what kids made do. Made sense. Yeah. Made sense. Yeah. So, so anyway, I bought a 311 compilation CD, like, in the same year <laughs> that, <laughs> um, that I got Dial-A-Song after they released, I think that was around when they released their cover of love song by the cure, mm. you know, everyone's mm-hmm. favorite three eleven song. Sure. Um, Definitely. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, back to they might be giants. This isn't the three eleven podcast. Um, no, I would not be. No, no. Doing that. <laughs> um, so I, so dial a song, the compilation was like my first pirated CD ever. Um, after my dad had been at work talking to his buddies about last night's episode of Malcolm in the Middle and how much we all loved the theme song, um, his, one of his co-workers like, burned him a copy 
of dial a song and like made xeroxes of all of the liner notes and everything Heck and yeah. put it in, put it in a ziploc bag <laughs> and that is how i heard most they might be giant songs for the first time and am i correct in that that compilation had dr evil on it yes okay. yes so of course i you know put all of this onto my bootleg ipod um i had the microsoft version because the, back, the zune no no the microsoft mp3 player it wasn't theirs uh, wasn't called the zune what was it who did the zune i don't know Sony? but this was yeah. this was like a i don't know it was like a windows thing it was like the size <laughs> of a cassette tape um but you know back then we didn't know if ipods would work on non-apple computers or maybe that was just in my household Mm -hmm. we didn't think it would work so i got the microsoft version and on the bus to school i listened to pretty much everything in song abc order so most (laughs) days it kind of went like dr evil into dr worm (laughs) kind of ties in with part of the discussion we'll be having (laughs) <laughs> yeah, kind, kind of a weird transition there. Uh, but anyway, that that that's most of my relationship with They Might Be Giants. I guess we should talk about my bat mitzvah, too, real quick. Um, Do it, because, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the first time the, we ever conversed on Twitter was you tweeted something about that. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, I so my bat mitzvah was in 2003. And I don't know if you've ever been to a bat mitzvah, um, but... Back in, and I don't know how they are these days, but back in my day, you had a video montage mm-hmm. playing at your yeah. party <laughs> that was, you know, photos set to music. And um, we didn't want to pay someone to do it. So we kind of made it ourselves. We bought like all the special software and put it all together. And of course, the theme song to Malcolm in the Middle played in the back as like a bunch of pictures of like me and my camp friends you know candid pictures people looking angry <laughs> scrolled through um it was not very good with a with a camera um so yeah so that people saying well, you're not the boss of me yep yep it was all that it was all that <laughs> no bosses at my bat mitzvah <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that is the whirlwind tale of how I really got into They Might Be Giants. So then were you all in right away there? Did you go backwards and get all that stuff or, you know, we were still in yeah. the age of uh, bootlegging and stuff? Were you able to get your hands on everything? We're kind of pre-streaming I mean, ease uh, back then. I, I hope that none of the Johns or anyone are listening, but I did pirate most of the discography i think you're probably safe yeah yeah <laughs> uh, just just to be honest hope no hell, one even is when, hell even when, we, when i had open mike eagle on <laughs> he's like I, I don't at the beginning there i don't think i paid for any of it <laughs> no no i mean like like i said i was on a babysitter's salary <laughs> um Mm -hmm. and who again who's gonna leave their kid with a 12 year old um so you know i I didn't have a big income so yeah but i did have limewire there you go (laughs) yeah uh actually the uh the dial song compilation was the first they might be giants uh cd that Kara bought after Mm -hmm. we met because 
I think she kind of figured out pretty early on that, you know, that was a pretty important band to me. So that was like her, uh, it's for her to bone up on <laughs> the yeah. Grumpy Giants. And uh, we still have it. I, 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 I could never get rid of something they might be giant, so it's still sitting up on the CD no, shelf, but I, mean, I couldn't remember what it, was on there. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly the theory. You know, if you get a compilation CD, it's only going to have the good songs on it. And is that true for that compilation? It's Well, it's a very long compilation. Yeah. First of all, there it's, it's multiple discs. Um, and, yeah, it does have all the really great songs on it and i mean all the good songs released prior to 2002 in my opinion yeah does it have mr excitement on it no yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> I was wondering. no do you want to name a few others i'll tell you i would be okay with that track list yeah no, no, no. i uh okay. yeah yeah i did remember that dr evil was on there in boss mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah so so that was one of the yeah, it's funny for for they might be Giants fan for this particular song to be one like on, at the, the entry point to the band for this song to be <laughs> one of well, them. Well, that was it was also a big Austin Powers year that year because I think yeah. the Gold Member came out that year, um, which also had a great soundtrack because that for a little while that was the only way that you could get uh, Jay Z's Hard Knock Life. <laughs> from Austin Powers Gold member starring Beyonce. Um, that is hilarious. Yeah, Gold member yeah. was 2002, yeah. Yeah. So the first one International Man of Mystery was 97 and then this one Spy Who Shagged Me in 99 and then Gold member 2002. Right. And you know, I really do think that Dr. Evil is one of the most it, it probably reached more ear holes than most They Might Be Giants songs. I mean, it grossed like $200 million or something, the movie? $312 million on a, 30, on a $33 million budget. Yeah, I mean, International Man of Mystery only grossed like $50 million or something nuts like that in comparison. It did not do as well, even though it's a far superior film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got great taste. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, when I saw that, I was fully already a They Might Be Giants fan, and again, I don't know. I guess not as uh, ex- extremely online back then. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't just always online because you had well, a phone no, in your it pocket. Took like half an hour to but, dial in. Yeah, I did not realize. I think until Cara got that compilation that Doctor Evil was by them because. It's yet another non-John sung They Might Be Giants song. Right. Which I've got quite a string of them going with uh, Bodakar, Oh Do Not Forsake Me, Fun Assassin, and this one all in a couple of months for some reason. All these giant songs not sung by Johns. I guess it's it's the era of non-Johns. Four non-Johns. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a great band. <laughs> And this song is kind of a, a a sneaky one because it's just such a good pastiche that like it's it's not I mean the Giants can play in any style and we know mm-hmm. that that it's done so well that you don't know it's them. I think that's kind of almost a testament I to think it being so a good too. song. But when you watch, you know, any of the live 
uh, recordings, I mean, it's very clear that it's a very They Might Be Giants song when you watch them play them live. I don't know. Have you ever seen them play it live? I've never seen them in concert. Seen them in person play it live? No. You've never yeah. seen them? Mm-mm. No. Remember, they were supposed to come here on my wedding day. Yeah. Oh, uh, right, right. But, but we, mm. both camps, we both postponed. So mm. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe now I could book them to play at my wedding. Yeah. I don't yes. know. I tweeted them and they never replied. <laughs> so come on guys come on i know i know help a girl out do you have a a a tentative date on your wedding then or just kind of waiting to see how things yeah we're we're playing it by ear but it'll happen (laughs) yeah i'm sorry that's uh unfortunate no you know what it's it's life it's life and you know maybe that will help they might be giants open their schedule up so they can attend the celebration i love to have they might be giants at all my major life events <laughs> i think the two john should be uh the ring bearer and the and the flower girl walking down yeah the road. I'd, be, I'd pay uh, them yeah. i'd pay them which one would be which i don't know i don't know Flan- it doesn't matter yeah i don't know Flan- who would look the best in a cute little dress mm, i don't know i think maybe you should put a poll up for your patrons <laughs> yeah that's uh these these are important things that we must figure Mm -hmm. out right yep yep (laughs) yep i'm here to help so did you hear it first on the movie and i i guess you wouldn't have even known them yet and then when you got that compilation you're like oh that was them i don't think so i i think i knew they might be giants first okay so this well well, you were saying that the first thing you got was the 2002 compilation, but you, yeah. or were you, I guess I'm, because this movie I mean, came I was, out in 99. I was 12, yeah, the movie came out in 99, so I was nine years old, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't allowed to see it then, uh, so I don't think I I saw true. the movie until later. All right. <laughs> so you knew it was yeah. then when you saw the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember seeing the movie. I didn't, ca- um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I did then, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure I did catch it. I mean, it's a great soundtrack. They're on there with um, a Madonna song. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it's crazy that there were two soundtracks put out to this. Soundtracks right. were so much bigger of a thing in the '90s that uh, you could support not just one but two soundtracks. And then yes. it says even in addition, a score album. Featuring the cues from both George S. Clinton and Quincy Jones's uh, Soul Bossa Nova uh, from the first and second movies was also released. So there were the two like pop song soundtracks, and then there was the score, uh, another right. CD that came out. So there were three things that came out. Yeah, after this I movie. mean, everyone needs the Spy Who Shagged Me score. <laughs> right. But there is appropriately a lot of uh, classic 60s stuff, Who My Generation, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites. Got mm-hmm. American Woman by the Guess Who, though they put the Lenny Kravitz version on the uh, it was the, a the first disc. It, yes, it was a single off the soundtrack. I don't like Lenny Kravitz. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> but then you he also had modern stuff. Kravitz, like, do you, you remember when Lenny Kravitz peed himself on stage? I do. That was a classic, classic pop classic culture Lenny. moment. Yeah, <laughs> classic Lenny. Uh, oh, Lenny! Don't tell people <laughs> how I live. Yeah, I hope he isn't listening. He'll be mad. 
<laughs> Turns out Lenny Kravitz is one of my <laughs> biggest fans. Yes. And then you had uh, modern stuff. You had uh, Green Day song in there, some Flaming Lips. Uh, yeah, this it's pretty wild soundtracks. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So, what did you think of the uh, the movie? Yeah, let's talk about the movie a little bit okay. first. So it's the spy who shagged me is not a good movie. Um, it is, I mean, international man of mystery is a good movie. It holds up. The jokes are funny. Um, yeah, I've, everyone's great. Everyone's funny. Um, but the spy who shagged me is not as <laughs> funny and even a little bit gross. I was watching it last night, and Same, yeah. you know, after they get uh, Fat Bastard's uh, stool sample, I <laughs> truly thought I, I started gagging. And, and I, got I, the coffee. I was gagging on the yeah, the I was coffee gagging on the right couch, next and my the... fiance's like, like you know, if you're gonna throw up, you better stop. Just don't watch this. Um, well, but, at least your significant other actually watched it with you. Car flat out refused. <laughs> why? I don't know. She, oh. Yeah. Uh, well, I was watching it a little bit. Uh, she comes in and Fat Bastard's on there. And she's like, why? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Fat Bastard yeah. is an unfortunate uh, addition to the movie. Yeah. Fat Bastard is not a good addition um though this movie is also this is the introduction of mini me is in this it uh, sure is and r.i.p Vern troyer but he does a great job he really does (laughs) steal the show yes i especially love when uh he dances and the the just the just the two of us scene is yeah that is that is a fantastic scene it's a great (laughs) rap and um yeah very very good Yeah, it's a uh, it's. I I fully agree that it is a yeah. far now, have inferior you, have movie. Have you watched Goldmember recently? Do you not recently? That Me neither. And now I kind of feel like I need to. to I see thought that where Fat Bastard was the there. third one. I thought that Mini Me was the second one, and Fat Bastard was the third one. Me too. Um, so I don't know what it is that, but yeah, Goldmember. I'm, I'm I, the only thing I remember about it is I feel like there's kind of like a meta moment at the beginning like a mm-hmm. like a movie within the movie at the beginning where i don't know isn't like tom cruise dr evil or something yeah, like that there's yes, some like really big yes, names that in there is exactly what happens yeah <laughs> yeah okay i think i think i'll have to watch gold member this weekend and i'll report back yeah austin powers and gold member mm-hmm. um they they do really get so many great celebrity cameos and i have to wonder how much you know, they pay all these guys because I don't know if you know this, but like Mike Myers, like self-funded an awful lot of um, International Man of Mystery. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much, you know, producer Demi Moore was um, was putting towards all this because, yes, Demi Moore did produce at least the first two Austin Powers movies. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, they, there that. were a lot of celebrity cameos in both. I mean, I don't know how much Rob Lowe was charging in 99. 
Well, his is more than a cameo. I mean, his. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or I guess how much Woody Harrelson was charging in 99. Uh-huh. Yeah. Willie Nelson. Uh, mm-hmm. Fred Willard makes a brief appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not, uh, again, a little more than a cameo, but Tim Robbins is the president, I think, is a fantastic choice. Oh, my God. I love that. That and was, I, I think we should play the clip that you were wanting to play. Uh, yeah. I, set I us up for this should. clip as if it were your movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Mr. President, after I destroy Washington, D.C., I will destroy another major city every hour on the hour. That is, unless, of course, you pay me $100 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Evil, this is 1969. That amount of money doesn't even exist. That's like saying, I want a kajillion, bajillion dollars. Mr. President, allow me to demonstrate the awesome lethality of the Alan Parsons project. Fire the laser! Damage report! Damage report! It's okay. It's all right. Come on. Well, actually, that was just footage from the movie Independence Day, but the real laser would be a lot like that. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Evil has no concept of uh, what things cost. Yes, the the joke in the first one is that he asked for $1 million in the 90s. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. So he ratchets it up quite a bit. Uh, yep, one hundred billion dollars. <laughs> and then, yeah, the the one one part of the movie that genuinely had me cracking up last night was the the quick cuts of the people seeing the the, the penis shaped rocket yeah. that Doctor Evil is taking off in, and yes. uh, so. And here's where we get, uh, I believe in this clip I'm going to play, we get both the uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, and Willie Nelson, since they both have yes, I know. names that are euphemisms for, for the males. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. Colonel, you better take a look at this radar. What is it, son? I don't know, sir, but it looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh, my God. It looks like a huge... Pecker! Oh, where? Wait. That's not a word. Pecker, it looks like someone's... Privates! We have reports of an unidentified flying object. It is a long, smooth shaft, complete with two balls. What is that? That looks just like an enormous... Wang! Pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie. Yeah. What's that? Well, it looks like a giant... Wiener? Any of you kids want another wiener? Dad, what's that? I don't know, son, but it's got great big... Nuts! Hot, salty nuts! Who wants some? Lord Almighty! That looks just like my husband's... One-eyed monster! Step right up and see the one-eyed monster! What's that? It looks like a big... Woody! Woody Harrelson? Can I have your autograph? Sure, no problem. Oh, my Lord. Look at that thing. So big. I've seen bigger. That's just a little prick. Uh, But I think that, I mean, Willie Nelson does all... 
he was doing all sorts of cameos around yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know how years work, but you know, he did his great King of the Hill cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, he did that episode of Monk that was kind of around then. <laughs> Didn't see that. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. I never watched that show. Oh man, it's. A, I mean, that episode is particularly good. Um, they jam out. Um, a big Willie one. Nelson uh, and Monk. I don't know if you did. You ever see Beer Fest? It's the uh, yeah, Broken Lizards guy. Yes, he did uh, Super Troopers and all that. Yep. Yeah, so it's Beer Fest, and then they pretend like there's going to be a sequel called was it pot fest or weed fest i don't know one of those and the, yeah. the, uh, willie nelson uh, makes an appearance there at the end <laughs> yep 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 so mm-hmm. yeah yeah but, but that sequence had me cracking up especially the uh the army dude privates mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> one of the few times that i really lost it while i was watching this you know it's got its chuckle moments but yeah uh, a better soundtrack than movie i would agree with that yeah the They Might Be Giants track, Dr. Evil, for being uh, supposedly Dr. Evil's theme, it gets like two lines of lyrics in at the beginning. And at the end. And at the end. Yeah, they cut it off at the same time. The uh, Yeah, so at the beginning, they also because the, then it starts into like that Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. you know, scroll of words and the, the narration there. But yeah, how so how far does he get? Evil evil is his one and only name. Evil in his mind there is no other game and then it cuts right there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't even hear the multi I mean it's what like a 2 minute long song? Yeah, a minute 50. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Goldie does a real good um real good Bond type song. Yes, Robin Goldwasser, John Flansburg's wife, who pops up on a lot of stuff. She's on especially a lot of the kids' stuff, a lot of the kids' album stuff. And she also made a feature on uh, Fun Assassin, an episode that came mm-hmm. out a little while ago. Uh, yeah, she she rocks this one. She was, mm-hmm. I mean, really, obvious choice. Yeah, and it's clear in the, you know, videos I've seen of her doing it live that she genuinely enjoys it. Oh, yeah. She, uh, I mean, she's a performer through and through like the Johns. I yeah. Mean, she she kind of takes on the character there. Uh, yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, the songs that this is um, kind of being a uh, pastiche or an homage mm-hmm. to. And so the big one is... Goldfinger. The the theme to that movie. So Goldfinger. Um, but before that, let's play like the the traditional James Bond theme. Okay. Because the big thing they draw from this is that guitar tone. Mm-hmm. So Dropping a little bit of this, and this is by the uh, John Barry Orchestra.
famous lick. Dun 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 dun. And in the They Might Be Giants version, it's dun 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 dun. And it's just that very kind of um, surfy. Well, they used a lot of surf music, that kind of tone, mm-hmm. but also in like westerns and stuff like that. So that started working its way into these uh, that James Bond mm-hmm. sound. It's very, very distinctive style of guitar. And um, I was listening to, well, I had my guitar with me at school. I was listening to it today, and the guitar goes, the, the guitar they use is either a down tuned. Uh, electric guitar or a baritone guitar because those low notes it hits at the end are lower than a standard guitar's lowest E. So it really gets that big resonant low tones, which I did not realize mm-hmm. until I tried to play it. Like, I can't go that Oh, low. man. Did you figure it out? Well, I, I'm like, I'm not going to detune my guitar. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's a lot of work. But I do know that Flansburg owns the baritone guitar in the very least because that is also what for the longest time I thought was a bass solo on Dr. Worm is uh, a baritone guitar solo. So we yeah. know he's got one. So maybe he played it there. But the yeah. wiki does not have a credits tab on this one. So a lot is unknown about who is playing on this one. Mm. Um, yeah, but so the main inspiration we can assume is the Goldfinger, specifically the Goldfinger Bond, uh, theme sung by, uh, Shirley Basie. So let's Mm -hmm. play a little of that. second best bond song oh what's the first best the first one is live and let die of course okay Mm-hmm. yeah another classic are you a uh, bond movie fan i have become a bond movie fan recently my my fiance jackson is a really big bond fan mm. and oh i'd say a couple of years ago maybe um he bought the entire box set on blu-ray so i'm he know he knows a lot about bond stuff i am kind of a a casual fan in that i know which movies i like and which are real boring and goldfinger is one of the the greater ones and Mm. you know the song's great and i think that um that you know obviously mike myers enjoys it a lot too Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. I, I have never seen Goldfinger. Oh, man. Goldfinger is kind of the, the classic. 
Yeah, I don't know. Sacrilegiously, I think I've only seen the uh, the Pierce Brosnan ones because mm. I, th- I was way more into the N64 GoldenEye uh, video game than I was of into course. the movies. <laughs> of course, of course. I Me mean, and my friends used to kill the shit out of each other in that multiplayer. Yeah, everyone <laughs> played GoldenEye. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, sh- you should watch Goldfinger and, okay. and see what you what think. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, someone, one of the Bond girls uh, dies from, like, suffocation after being painted gold. I don't know. In real life? She, yeah, like, they painted her gold. Um, and she died? They, no, I mean, the, you know, all the Bond girls die. Um, but they said they said that her cause of death was, like, suffocation from paint or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was like 1964. Robin does a pretty good uh, Shirley Bassey impression. That uh, it's so good. It's just got that uh, that kind of piercing, kind of nasally quality. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just kind of like it cuts through. Yeah. And even the melody. There's just like certain intervals and stuff in the melody of uh, Doctor Evil that. Sound like, you know, they're almost pulling him right from Goldfinger. Yes. And yes. They're, they're both minor key uh, orchestral driven songs. I mean, the, the instrumentation. What are, your, what are your favorite things about the instrumentation of uh, Dr. I Evil? really like the horns and I liked watching all the all those trombones go when I was, you know, diving into the YouTube rabbit hole of um of dr evil live performances yes we should play a couple of those yeah i want to hear them do it with live strings because this thing is like i mean it's full of it's yeah it's like the full orchestration and i wish we had the the credits here but um i would like to know if it's like their standard guys or if they went into you know a studio that had you know a bunch of session people right come in to do it because, you know, I was listening to it. I'm like, okay, what drummer would this have been? Well, it's probably, you know, it's Dan Hickey era. It's probably him. But then you're listening to it, and it's not traditional drum set. Mm-hmm. And Giants have been known to just, like, you know, if they're doing a one-off thing, they just use whoever's around, like, mm-hmm. pretty infamously... Uh, uh, the drummer on Dr. Worm is not Dan Hickey, even though he was their drummer. They just got some dude to play on Dr. Worm and <laughs> Dan's like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm not on that song. When you got a drum, <laughs> you got to find the closest drummer. I guess who's within arm's reach. Yes. You got so, a drummer and drumsticks reach. <laughs> it kind of makes me wonder if, uh, if he's on this or if, um, you know, who's playing that guitar, if it's Flans, is it Miller? Because other than that little lead, there's not, like, big guitar chords going or anything no, in the song. Pretty much just no. the whole orchestra takes over. And I'm wondering, you know, if they had orchestral strings there and they had horns players there. Maybe there was just some, some you know, orchestral percussionist that right. did that. Dun, 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 and I love how it uses that beat. That is just like the yeah. classic Be My Baby Ronettes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So many great songs have written. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think we'll have to find the CD soundtrack on eBay or something to get the the full credits. Or maybe maybe it's in your Dial of Songs CD. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, hold on. (laughs) 
All right, let's have a look-see. It is a big booklet. Yeah. Track 9, Dr. Evil. All it tells us is produced by Pat Dillett and they Up Giants with Robin mm-hmm. Goldie Goldwasser vocal from the more music from the motion picture. Austin Bowers, this guy, the spy who shagged me. Um, mm-hmm. Looking through the rest of the booklet, I can't believe this thing has the... It has the lyrics for everything in here. Yeah, I know. I know. And I had all of that Xeroxed in black and white. Okay, and there is another, there's a discography slash sources page Mm -hmm. that has like the labels that stuff came out on who engineered them. And for the more music from the motion picture soundtrack, it says just it's Maverick number blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Came out October 99. And then it just says various artists, engineers, and studios. Sure, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if they, I mean, they even could have farmed out the orchestral stuff. I mean, I don't really know anything yeah, about I, I this mean, song, you know. They, yeah. they they could have sent out for, they're like, put some strings on this and then. Yeah, I mean, back from what like, I read, I think they, weren't they chosen to do this because one of the producers, probably Demi Moore, was a big Giants fan, right? Is Demi Moore known for that? I would I, think so. Hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, but so I don't know. Whichever producer was a big Giants fan and had them do this, you know, did they, again, like you said, did they pay for session guys to just go and record this with them or what? I don't know. Well, that brings me to this thing uh, John Ulis posted on Miscellaneous Tea just a few days ago. Ooh. He said, did you know that Dr. Evil almost didn't make it into the second Austin Powers film? Or that the mu- <laughs> the music producer originally wanted a parody of Dr. Worm. So this is from August 99 from the Illinois College Bureau article. And quote, it says, the story goes that the band was approached by the music coordinator for the movie who suggested they rewrite their single Dr. Worm for the movie. And we thought, yeah, we'll do that. But only if afterwards we can commit suicide because we'd be so ashamed of ourselves to do something so crass. Linnell said, Instead of rewriting their tune, TMG went to the studio and recorded the swanky John Barry homage spy tune, Dr. Evil, which the music coordinator hated. I think they were looking for more of a pop rock tune, he said. Down but not out, the band managed to get a copy of the song to Myers, who loved it and wanted it to be part of the opening credits. Yeah. The song came into Myers' possession too late to be a part of the original movie soundtrack, but will be a part of the follow-up movie Maverick Records plans to release in... The follow-up soundtrack, Maverick Records, releases in the fall. So yeah, this is, uh, article was in between the original soundtrack and then the release of the second okay. soundtrack in October of 99. So how about that? I mean, it should, <laughs> I, I really do think that it was the better choice. I mean, could you yeah. imagine that movie opening up with, with Dr. Worm? <laughs> they call me Dr. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm interested in lasers. Yeah, sharks. <laughs> yeah. I How don't know. ridiculous would that have been? That that is kind of an odd quote from Linnell, though. I mean, I could never imagine him saying something like, I, it's if very afterward har- we it's can commit harsh. suicide. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but that would have been a disaster. Them doing a parody of their own song. They, yeah. I can't. So mm-hmm. they're like, no. Yeah. No, that's not happening. I don't know. Call Weird Al if you want that. <laughs> right. But h- how about that? That they they got it directly to Mike Myers, who forced it into the movie. And uh, thank goodness he did. I really want to know how that 
how that conversation went. Awesome. You know? I mean, Mike, do you like, <laughs> what do you think of this song? It's not uh, Dr. Evil Worm. No. But it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did they have to like mail it to his like P.O. box or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Straight to his management, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. The music coordinator hated it and uh, it ended up starting and ending the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I, I don't know. I really do think that the, you know, like I said before, not a good movie, very good soundtrack. And I think that, you know, the song is one of the redeeming qualities because it really does give it that whole Bond parody feel, which is exactly what, you know, Mike Myers is going for in these yeah, it seems like an essential element to a movie like this. And, you know, if yeah. they didn't do it, it seems like someone would have had to Right, it. especially it's, a 60s Bond parody, you know? Right, with, since they yeah. traveled back in time in this one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah, you have to have it. I mean, I don't... Hmm. Yeah. It was uh, the right move. And, and good on the Giants for uh, sticking to their, their guns and their, their, their sensibilities and refusing you know it wasn't all about the money for them you know though i'm sure they made pretty good bank off of this but they're like it's not enough for us to demean ourselves like that yeah the world is not enough (laughs) and it's a good excuse for them to to play with other genres which uh, they're always wanting to do yeah i think that those are always really fun giant songs and they pull it off perfectly to the point where i didn't realize it was them (laughs) yeah and even, I don't, yeah, I don't know if even back then in 99, I probably wouldn't have recognized Robin's voice because really she didn't start popping up in giant stuff till, you know, till the mid aughts, really. Mm-hmm. Like I said, with a lot of that kid stuff. Yeah. Um, but even then she's, she's doing, she's putting on a character for the voice. Oh so yeah. Even if I didn't know what she sounded like, I don't think I would have recognized her. Yeah. But yeah, the song is great. The I love this orchestral kind of. I mean, I'm sucker for all that '60s stuff. Mm-hmm. That wall of sound, you know, mm-hmm. girl group style with just uh, you know a pop song with a million instruments behind it. So yes. this is just it's uh, it's it's a perfect combination of my loves. They might be nice yeah. and uh, that wall of sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's ideal i think it's underrated um i it didn't seem to be rated very highly amongst other uh giants fans i i don't remember what the score was but yeah this is not a song that you would play for someone to be like check out this band they might be giants right. and then you put this on <laughs> what they're like them <laughs> every song is like this yeah no, I mean, I, I think it's a purely unique song. Definitely. So we've been talking, uh, you've, you're, you're chomping at the bit to play these uh, live clips. Yeah, I think they're so fun. They're fantastic. Let's play, so one, there, there was a recording that um, made it onto Team BG Unlimited a couple years later. There's a recording from right after the movie had come out or right after the soundtrack had come out rather mm-hmm. um on october 23rd 99 they played it at the bowery ballroom in new york new york 
So of let's course. listen to that one. Ladies and gentlemen, this summer we had the uh, the rare and exquisite privilege of working with a young lady by the name of Miss Robin Goldwasser. Uh, and uh, this uh, next song was featured in the uh, Austin Powers opening uh, credits. And it's on the uh, Austin Powers soundtrack here. And here she is without... Yankees are winning four to one. of that version i thought it was really fun i wish i was there <laughs> well you wish you were at any giant show at the, you know. i do I, you know what i just want to be at any gig right now i don't care whose gig it is i'd go to any of them mm-hmm. i what i like about this version a lot is the guitar at the beginning is way more aggressive it's not so much surfy as it is it's like way too distorted to be called surfy mm-hmm. and the tremolo is turned up like crazy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know you, I, you know, only learned how to play one song on guitar. Cause my teacher wouldn't teach me how to play anything by Weezer. Um, so I only <laughs> learned how to play Scarborough fair. Uh, but as a musician, would you say that the original song would be difficult to play live? Well, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get a full orchestra in there. <laughs> well, right. But do you think that that's why they they made the why they added on all that tremolo, or were they just having fun? I think probably just having fun yeah. with that. I mean, they could have easily replicated that tone. I think, yeah. or gotten closer than that. Mm-hmm. I think that might have just been, you know. Let's get loud. Yeah. Uh, but having the horns there is is fantastic. You don't have the strings, but you do have the horns. And again, I don't know the credits on that one. Hold on. Let me see if the wiki has it for that one. Um, but I'm guessing it might be might be the Triceratops horns, the usual mm-hmm. guys that they have, though, in uh, 99. Maybe not. Yeah, we don't have credits mm-hmm. on that one either. But... Yeah, the horns are essential. What we do get mm-hmm. that we to f- in place of the strings is some accordion. It's so good. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, accordion is a great instrument for getting those kind of swells and stuff that, you know, a, a group of violins could get. So yes, I, I'd love the accordion. Edition. Yeah. I think an accordion could replace, you know, 20 violins. <laughs> accordion and violins do sound good together. I have mixed the, the two things together in uh, songs. They, the, the tones complement each other. Yeah. Quite a bit. Now let's jump forward to 2012. I'm getting this one off of uh, Heather Goo's YouTube yes, channel. Yes, yes, that <laughs> one's very good. You even get some good banter. Yes, this is at uh, the Williamsburg Music Hall, which is uh, kind of their stomping grounds mm-hmm. in, in the modern era. Yes. Yeah. What do you, what do you your think of that one? In New York City. Exactly. I'll just be tall. Perfect. I'm adding it to my list of New Year's resolutions. Get stronger hands. Right after, um, seek vengeance upon mine enemies and smite them. And wear more hats. Um, I can't believe you guys didn't coordinate this before the show. The same hat. That is a rock faux pas. Mine's borrowed. From a Rockefeller. <laughs> Jay Phony Rockefeller. <laughs> oh, and Be More Evil. That was the other...
What did you think of this one? I love that one. I I love the banter. I love you know the the close up of um, of the accordion and you know how you see all the horns working. I mean, like I said, I've never seen giants live, so I felt like that gave a real good angle of what it would look like to see you know just a ton of people on stage doing their thing. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm very jealous of the New York people that get to see them with horns yeah. all the time. You know, it was awesome that Kurt Ram toured with them on the I Like Fun tour. That was, you know, at least give me a little, uh, the middle ground between yeah. no horns and horns. But this is definitely the uh, Triceratops tor- horns, mm. I can tell from the, the video there. Um, <laughs> and Dan Levine on uh, trombone, I recently snuck a uh, friend request, snuck a friend request to him on Facebook and he accepted it. So, wow. you know, after I kind of, you know, you got to let that hang for a little bit and then eventually I'll be like... Hey, dude, you play with the MIP Giants sometimes, and you're awesome. You want to come on the podcast? <laughs> you should. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Have you, have you already recorded episodes for all of his songs, though? Oh, I doubt it. He's been on a ton of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to Yeah, okay. Exactly, well, that's but... good. You've got to save a, a couple of options for him. Mm-hmm. They've had a bunch of people play trumpet for them over the years, but I feel like he's like the trombone guy they've gone to ever since back at Dr. Worm. Mm-hmm. So he's on a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, solid, solid T-bone player. One of my favorite things is in the uh, the Boss of Me video, where you know they're getting thrown around, and mm-hmm. Brian Cranston's going to throw the cardboard box of them back in the dumpster, and his trombone is like all bent. Yeah, <laughs> when he's playing in the that, box. <laughs> yes, yes, that is that image lives rent free in my mind. <laughs> That's the thing people say now. It is. Will they still say it in March? I don't know. (laughs) What do you think of the the lyrics to Dr. Evil? Oh, they're fun. They're fun. (laughs) Um, You know, they, it's, um, yeah, I I, I think they're a lot of fun. Um, And they really do parody, you know, Goldmember and, um, Right. all the other ones very well <laughs> the uh, the twists and turns of the the silliness and the uh the verse that unfortunately is not in the movie uh are so they might be giants the when your name is evil bad is good or so you think but you're so very wrong it's evil it's evil yeah <laughs> but being wrong is right and then you're good again which is the yeah. evilest thing of all <laughs> Yeah, it's a very silly song, so you can obviously see why it was one of my favorite They Might Be Giant songs when I was, you know, 12, because it is, you know, 12-year-olds love silly songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's sung in such a serious way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, so sinister. It was exactly, you know, my kind of, my kind of thing. I love the rhyme... Uh, there'll be no retrieval from the evil. Yeah, retrieval, evil. <laughs> Who rhymes like that? You know, this. just looking at these lyrics, the, the word evil is in this song so many times, it almost starts looking to me like it's not a real word. Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at it enough times, you're like, E-V-I-L. What is that? What's that? That's not a word. It's evil. <laughs> evil. As a... Uh, you gotta really get your tongue back there, like the mm-hmm. way that he says yeah. his own name. Evil. Yeah, I, I don't think I can do it. I don't think my tongue works that way. 
uh, yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a short song, and uh, mm-hmm. most of the words are evil. But uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely uh, they might be giant song, and maybe maybe if it had all the lyrics in the movie, maybe I would have been like, these are very giants esque lyrics. But you only get those first couple lines. Yeah, and I understand why. You know, they were cramming an awful lot of soundtrack songs in there. I mean. I was really surprised last night that they didn't play the whole thing in the end credits, but they did need to fit in Lenny Kravitz's American Woman and Beautiful Stranger by Madonna. Which well, it also has that extra scene over it. That's yeah. what happens right mm-hmm. after the lyrics cut. Yeah, there's that extra scene and it just goes right. to the... So the instrumental is still playing underneath. Right. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It got them some exposure and uh, some good coin. I'd imagine. I hope so. I hope that they got so many royalties off of this. I hope that they're, I mean, you, I, I saw that the, the soundtrack did very well. Um, yeah. I think it, especially in Australia. Um, I don't know. All those Australians really like their, um, awesome power soundtracks. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I would really love it. Um, if anyone has this CD laying around, if they could just send me pictures of it, just to see it. Yeah, people out there, I'm sure there's someone yeah. that's that's even more of a Giants completist than me that has every soundtrack appearance they've made it yeah. on. They've been on a lot more TV than movies. But, yeah, uh, yeah. What other soundtrack appearances do they have? For, I'm for trying to think. Movies. Yeah. Oh man, is that? Uh, Easily searchable on here. Let's see. TV and movie themes. Okay. To the wiki. Let's see. Yeah. I forgot they did. They updated the America's Most Wanted theme in 2002. Oh. <laughs> Man. <Steve's> everywhere. <laughs> Does that deserve its own episode? <laughs> I... I don't know. Maybe on the Patreon you can find someone who will talk to you for half an hour about America's Most Wanted. Let's take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends. Hello, person who probably doesn't already listen to my podcast. Obviously, this podcast, insert podcast name here, is phenomenal because you otherwise wouldn't be listening to it. But you haven't heard phenomenality, yes, that's a word, until you check out my podcast, The Dictionary, which you should definitely do as soon as this episode is done. In each episode, I read a handful of words in the dictionary, along with their definitions, and I'll often add some of my personal thoughts to keep it a little bit more interesting. It can even be used as a sleeping aid. Episodes are family-friendly and short, about 10 to 15 minutes, and air every single day. So, if you're a word nerd, go check out The Dictionary, available on many podcast platforms. Should we head on over to the covers section? Yes, we should. I didn't find any covers, but I know you sent some, and they were a joy to hear. Yeah, let's listen to a couple uh, ukulele players. This first one, uh, let's see, YouTube channel is... Two on the Isle. Okay. Two on the Isle. I'm not sure what this lady's name is, but she rocks out a little Dr. Evil ukulele mm-hmm. cover. Let's let's check that out. Mm-hmm. 
mother came When your name is evil, bad as daughter, so you think, but you're so very wrong It's evil, but being wrong is right, so then you're right again Which is the evilest thing of all? Do you find his subtle ways invite you? Does he excite you? Should attract you? Should he distract you? Heaven help you then. You're finished, it's the end. There'll be no retrieval from the evil. What'd you think of that one? Very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she may have gotten a couple of chords wrong. I'm not sure. But it's all no. good. I, I'm not a ukuleleologist. I don't know. <laughs> a ucologist. Ucologist? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah, that's the official term. Okay. We'll have to ask Marianne. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then let's pop over to uh this uke fella. Mm-hmm. And this is uh <laughs> the silly Dave. The silly of Dave course. on YouTube. Because what instrument is more silly than a ukulele? I'm sure any real ukulele players shaking their fists at me right now. Oh, man, they're pissed. I don't find ukulele silly. But there no. may be an instrument that's easy to make silly, if you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> so let's listen to uh, his uh, Dr. Evil cover. So then you're good again, which is the evilest thing of all. Do you find his subtle ways invite you? Does he excite you? If his contradiction should attract you, should he distract you? Heaven help you, then you're finished. It's the I like that he added a little percussion track into this. Yes, yes, definitely much sillier than the first one. Yeah. Well, hey, it's got that beat there. He he does yeah. kind of ham it up a little bit more, mm-hmm. I'd say, with his voice. And I think you do kind of need to have that beat behind it in order to, you know, maintain the integrity of the very silly song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, yes, he plays it very well. Mm-hmm. Now... To the the feature, Mr. Daryl Till, Astral B on SoundCloud. Uh, he is waiting to release this until this episode comes out. This is a private link I sent you, so only you and I have heard this so far. I feel incredibly special. And, <laughs> yes, and then uh, people listening to this right now are are uh, the f- the first people to hear. This it's is a, a debut. debut. It's a debut by Daryl Till, Astral B on SoundCloud and YouTube. Evil, 
invite you? Does he excite you? If his contradiction should attract you, should he distract you? Heaven help you then. You're finished, it's the end. There'll be no retrieval from the evil. The evil he will do. He's evil. He's Dr. Evil. His name is Evil. What do you think? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I'm so happy that we were able to debut that cover here. So he's, he switches up the beat. Yes. Gives it a little bit more of a uh, in-your-face kind of uh, electronic drum beat. Yeah. And then later fully kicks into the dance mode. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven help you then. And uh, what is it? He keeps rolling his R's and stuff, which is fantastic. Very, yes, very funny and very appropriate for <laughs> for this kind of thing. Big but, mood. But being wrong is right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, so it's good. very and, silly. Thank and, you yeah, so, so much for supplying that. Yes, Daryl. And just like synths all over the place. The synth bass is great. And so in place of the orchestra, he uses little what you'd call uh, orchestra hits. The ding, ding, these little orchestral stabs mm-hmm. that are so great. And uh, and what did you think about that artwork he made there? Very funny. <laughs> Daryl as Dr. Evil holding his uh, IFC mug. You must be thinking yes. of some other band. You must be <laughs> thinking of some other doctor. This is not Dr. Worm. This is Dr. Evil. No. I'm, I'm my own thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't go to evil medical school for eight years to be compared to a Dr. Worm who's not a real doctor. You know, I don't just know if Dr. Worm. Evil is a real doctor. He says that he went to evil medical school. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> he is yes. real evil, though, so I exactly. guess you can give him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks so much, Daryl. Daryl Till, everybody. The... Most frequently played covers artist on This Might Be a Podcast. He is making sure he keeps that distinctive, t- that distinction, that title. It's uh, it's an honor, Daryl. Yes. Uh, we're, we're an honor to have you. And uh, there are so many songs where, so many episodes where there would have been no covers if it wasn't for Daryl. He even pops up on the special episodes about state song stuff and the Monopuff episodes and all that because he, uh, the dude, he does his deep cuts. That is very impressive and very so, cool, and I certainly appreciate it. Solid dude. Solid. Yes. SoundCloud link here. Mm-hmm. SoundCloud.com slash Ashtelby. You'll find yes. it on there. He said he would post it after this episode is up, so go get it. I'll probably will have put the full thing in here, too, because his version powers through at a minute and 19 seconds. Very good. <laughs> I think we're to the point in the show where you must score this song. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it really is a top tier They Might Be giant songs because yeah. my... Yeah. I mean, all of the They Might Be giant songs that I really love are, you know, have 
all that really great big instrumental energy and they're also kind of silly um so i don't know maybe i'm biased but i have to give it like an eight and a half Mm, okay i am torn on this one because i mean i really haven't had anything bad to say about it but it is i mean there i mean it's kind of a a plus and a minus that it is such a good homage to that style mm-hmm. of song. Because like I said, I didn't recognize it as a They Might Be Giant song. But that means that means that they did their job as far as the soundtrack is concerned. Right. Um, but also, it's not a very Giant-C Giant song. But then again, yeah. They Might Be Giants can do everything. So they can do does everything. It, what does that even mean? Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not one I'm going to go back to a ton. Um, it definitely is something that's fun to mention to people and they're like, who's they might be giants. You can be like, Hey, uh, tiny tunes, Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. Oh, they, they did the revamped daily show theme. Oh, they're in uh spy who shagged me, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and it is really well done. Like I said, I like the wall of sound, uh, behind they might be giants, but I think I'm going to have to go. Let me see. Referencing other scores, referencing, referencing, I think I'm going to go a 6.9. Oh, oh nice. baby, gets you, I make you randy. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, that is a groovy score. <laughs> I, I'm scoring it above the uh, I'm Not a Loser that they did for the SpongeBob musical. So I was okay. just looking at, at other other things they had contributed to big All right. budget projects. And it's above that. Cause, great yeah instrumentally amazing yeah just a, a unique track and uh a fun one yes i agree i agree i like it a lot elizabeth do you have anything to plug do i people? have anything to plug no, or do you at least really. want them to find you I, on social media uh, yeah i'm i'm kind of fun on twitter um it is at blintzkrieg underscore bop like the song but also like blimpses the world's great. greatest food it's, uh, it's a great handle thank you thank Blimpskrieg you bop. yes well so you know i changed it from my old handle after i was on here last and i realized that the joke in my last one just didn't really fly um it was, was just that? a little too deep no one got warped tour. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once I started saying it out loud, I was like, man, that's just not that funny. I can, you know, be good. kind of, you know, my brand kind of silly punk ish, <laughs> I guess, in other ways. So, anyway, Blintzkrieg underscore Bop. I'm great on Twitter. I will probably follow you back. Do it, people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby. So you can find This Might Be a Podcast all over the place. I'm trying to do more Instagram stuff. That's uh, This Might Be a Podcast with underscores under all uh, between all the words. And This Might Be a Pod on Twitter. And uh, send me uh, thoughts. Give me emails. This Might Be a Pod at Gmail. Leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. And if you really like the stuff and you want to hear uh, more of Elizabeth here on the uh, uh, the emo, they might be emo episode, go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to support the show and get some merch. Yeah. 
Thanks yeah. for being on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. This was very fun. Yeah, I'm glad to finally get you on a uh, proper weekly I know. Episode. I, I can't believe you let me out from behind the paywall, but here I am. I was hiding your talents from the public. I mean, I, you know, we all deserve to get paid. So, anyway, that's how paywalls work, right? You pay money through the wall. Yes. Exactly. There's an actual yes. wall there. Physical uh-huh. wall. A wall of sound, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the show. <laughs> yes. Thanks for being on. <laughs> <laughs>